There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland and this is The Leader. In some of the most surreal scenes yet in the collapse of Afghanistan, triumphant Taliban fighters took over a theme park in Kabul. They rode carousels and chased each other on bumper cars as the people of that city tried to take stock of what's happening and what will happen. This group of women stood on the street chanting work, education and political participation is every woman's right. The Taliban says girls can go to school and has invited women to join the government, but few believe them. Many are trying to leave. UK soldiers have been helping with evacuation efforts, but a refugee crisis seems inevitable. Meanwhile, the British government's trying to figure out how it deals with the Taliban. Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab says diplomatic talks will happen, but they won't be face to face. No, not for the foreseeable future, but we've always had uh, dialogue of some sort, either indirectly through third parties or through the Taliban's political commission in Doha. And it is important to be able to engage, at least in some shape or form, to test and to exert uh, as much influence as we credibly and realistically can. Mr Rabb's been talking about moderating the Taliban, but is that possible? I'm joined by Afghanistan expert Professor Natasha Lindstadt from Essex University. Professor Lindstadt, can you moderate an extremist organisation? I think it's going to be very difficult to moderate the Taliban. I know the Taliban has been trying to project this image that they have reformed, that they are changing. I think they were doing that in order to improve the relationships they had with some of the the neighbouring countries like Russia, even Iran, uh, even India um, and China. Uh, and then they were also acting as if they've reformed in order to to take over the country without as much bloodshed. And and that's actually what they were able to do. They they were able to convince people that if you just give up your, your weapons and cede power to us, that you're not going to face reprisals. But I, I really think it's uh, unlikely uh, that they're going to have reformed and we're going to create a really inclusive government. The the tricky bit is that if you decide to try to isolate a country, particularly authoritarian regime, which the Taliban is when it com- you know completely takes over, the more isolated they are, the more difficult it is to to try to get them to reform. You actually have a lot more leverage if you're at least engaging uh, with the regime somewhat and giving them some sort of vested interest in cooperating, so that there might be some reason to negotiate. And of course. One thing that's interesting about the history of Afghanistan as a country is that it's very difficult to govern. Why is that? 
Well, it's been impossible to govern simply because it, it never actually had a national identity. It was sort of in these borderlands in the middle of different empires and different empires like the British and Russian uh, empires have tried to conquer it, but it's been nearly impossible. So it's this big uh, you know, group of so many different tribes, thousands and thousands of tribes. Many of these tribes cross cut over different borders and the subnational identities, some, some more at the tribal level, some more at the ethnic level have been incredibly strong and, and they've never really you know, wanted a, a national government. They just wanted to be left alone and to, to run their um, areas in their own way. In fact, when they tried to constrict an army, it led to a huge backlash. Uh, so this makes it really difficult to, to govern Afghanistan. And that may be part of the reason why the Taliban felt that one way of doing so was by trying to erase these tribal identities and to, to rule in a very repressive manner. So is the Taliban actually, or is anybody ever actually in control of Afghanistan? There was a brief period of peace before the Soviets invaded during the 1940s, 1950s, where the king or Shah was effectively in control of Afghanistan. It wasn't particularly violent, but the state was, I mean, very weak and didn't really offer any kinds of services and um, really couldn't provide much. I mean, it essentially rentier in that it ignored people, um, but but didn't really, you know, tax them and didn't really demand much of people. And there were local warlords that sort of ensured some sort of security during this period. But once external powers started to invade um, in the more recent history, it's just been absolute chaos. Is it possible that the Taliban might not be able to retain control of Afghanistan for long? So I don't think the Taliban will ever be fully able to retain control. There's always going to be pockets that will be out of its control. We saw that when it was in control of most of the country in the late 1990s, but it never controlled the area that the Northern Alliance controlled, that the Tajiks controlled in the north, because the Taliban is not legitimate. There is not, it's it's not popular. It, it is just the lesser of other evils, because when they're in power, there's a little bit more stability during that at least brief period, uh, if, if you want to call it that. Of course, for anyone else, it was just an incredibly repressive environment. They don't provide public goods. There's not a reason to really support them unless you personally believe in this very extreme form of Islam and, and maybe you only support them because you, you want to oust Western influence and power in, in Afghanistan. But I think it's going to be actually incredibly difficult for the, for the Taliban to run the country effectively without pockets of it completely under control for the, you know some of the reasons I just mentioned that these subnational identities are so much stronger, but also for the fact that it is not popular. There does appear to be a lot of fear, a lot of people trying to leave Afghanistan. The Taliban have said they'll have an amnesty. They've apparently urged women to join the government. Can they be held to their word here, though? Again, it's going to be really difficult to hold them to their word because they've always kind of operated alone and they do what they want to do in terms of at the international level. And they always receive this sort of covert support from different private organizations and charities. And then, of course, from the ISI, the the intelligence unit in, in Pakistan for many years. So without really official relationships and um, some sort of incentive to adhere to their word, 
it's going to be difficult to predict what the Taliban is going to do. I mean, I think that they're just saying this in order to quickly take over the country to assure people, and then they'll go back to their very repressive waves. I mean, we've seen authoritarian regimes rise to power from political parties that were much, much more democratic to begin with. Uh, and then they have turned sour once they've, you know, had a chance to, to take power. So I, I have very low hopes that, that the Taliban is going to somehow reform overnight, particularly how extreme their views are and how repressive they've been uh, to women. But that in the end could be their, their downfall. Uh, because if they continue to do things that are going to be very unpopular, even though the the government fell very rapidly and wasn't unwilling to 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 defend Kabul, uh, there will be problems festering at the service for the Taliban if they rule in such a repressive manner. If that is the case, then Natasha, with Western countries having pulled out of Afghanistan, the US and the UK, is there then almost a moral responsibility for them to try? to moderate the Taliban's rule? I think that the main thing the West should concentrate on is delivering humanitarian aid to those that need it, uh, taking in refugees that, particularly those that had worked with the with the coalition and, and making sure that there's uh, some safe haven for, for people who had risked their lives to do so. I think trying to uh, influence the Taliban or control the Taliban. If we think that's what our objectives are going to be, that's going to be very, very difficult to achieve. Uh, it may be uh, better that they, you know, are they. I mean, I think that's likely that if, there's going to be a backlash against them, and they'll have to fend for themselves. Um, I, I would also say that trying to isolate the Taliban is probably not going to work because we'll have to work with the government in order just to even deliver the humanitarian aid. So there'll have to be some cooperation and coordination with the Taliban in order to deliver the aid to people that need it the most or, or, or support housing, access to drinking water. But I, I don't think the Taliban will be in power for decades and decades. And that's Lida. Check out standard.co.uk for more coverage of this story. Follow the live blog for breaking news. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.